Today my guest on the Songwriting for Songwriters podcast is a rock and roll icon, Susie Quattro. She's been in the music business for 55 years, had many, many great albums, sold 55 million records and has been a cultural icon for generations, influencing songwriters and female performers and I had the uh, joy of talking to her today. She has a new single, Shine a Light, and a new album, Face to Face, which she has written and recorded with the brilliant Katie Tunstall. We speak about that new collaboration, her life as a songwriter, how she writes songs, and much, much more. Uh, so please enjoy, subscribe, and thank you for being here. Today, my guest on the Songwriting for Songwriters podcast is the one and only Susie Quattro. Susie, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm been a very high state of mind with everything, you know, with the new thing coming out with KT. So I've been doing the promotion trail and uh, yeah, it's, it feels pretty good. Fantastic. Well, it's great to have you back. This new single Shine a Light is is brilliant. I heard it um, a few weeks ago and and it's been in my head ever since. It's a really strong sounding single. Thank how you. Did that, how did that collaboration come together, you and Katie? Um, it started off, it's, it's strange how things happen like this. I, th- I always believe everything happens as it should, happens yeah. for a reason yeah. and when it should and not because you try to manufacture it. Anyway, I was a fan. I didn't know she was a fan. Okay. So I was watching the rough cut of Suzy Q, which came out in 2019, my documentary. And all of a sudden, KT was on it. And I went, oh, oh. So we have a mutual friend. If you haven't seen the video, he did all the footage at the first studio days together. Video is fantastic. So he got us together. We had lunch where she was recording in London. And pretty quickly, we just melded together. I don't know how it was meant to be, obviously. We did two songs remotely where she sent me something, I said something back. We saw something was happening there, pretty good. And and then she came down to the house, she stayed overnight and the process began. We sat on the floor in my living room, in my front room, bare feet, relaxed, bass guitar, you know, my acoustic bass guitar, her acoustic, her little recording stuff, my songwriting book, pen, paper, and we started to talk. And we established, I don't know, a mutual artistry and mutual respect and kind of a mutual journey that we have both taken. We're both quite sensitive people, but hard on the outside, soft on the inside. So we um, exposed, that's this whole album, this song and this whole album is expose. We went the distance. Whenever KT went back to bed, I went, come here. Oh, that's good. (laughs) And we did that. Uh, There was one song in particular, I have to tell the story because it's funny. It was about our home lives and, in fact, it's called "If I Go, If I Come Home," and we were talking about our past and our childhoods and all the stumbling blocks that everybody has in childhood. Things you need to get over, things you need to let go. And I said, "Let's write this song," and she was like, "I don't want to." I said, "Let's write it." So we did. Beautiful song. When you hear the album, and when it was finished, I mean, I pulled, I pulled because I was exposing. I made her expose. I pulled, and when we were all done, and it was on the little machine. She went. Ugh. I went, what? She went, I love the song. I hate that you made me write it with you. I said, okay. Uh, <laughs> but that's, it's brilliant. That's kind of our relationship, you know? We are very open with each other. That's amazing. And it's amazing because I think like what you've hit upon there is um, trust, isn't it? When, you, yes. when you're being intimate and vulnerable with another songwriter, you, you have to make sure that you can have that space to trust each other because otherwise it feels forced or fake. And, you know, 
it's such a wonderful when as soon as I heard that you're working with Katie, I was like, wow, that's such an incredibly interesting, yeah. powerful it is combination. There you go. Yeah. And so it's great to hear how so would Katie also pull you out of your kind of would you would it work both ways where you because she pulled you out of your kind of uh gel a bit sometimes as well? We are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. That's the only way I can explain it. She's a little bit more folky. I'm more rocky, but I don't know. We 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 got together and I naturally leaned a little towards her. Yeah. And she naturally leaned a little towards me. Yeah. And I keep talked about this many times. And somehow we created something together. Yeah. Which is actually quite beautiful. You can't yeah. say it's her, you can't say it's me. It's something new. How exciting is that? That's really true. Because when I listened to Shine a Light, I was thinking, okay, so I'm, I, I imagined that I was going to hear like you and then her. And it wasn't like that at all. It was like, actually, I can't quite at, at make out who's who, actually, almost. It was like very combined, a, a union, you know, a proper union. It, sound, it sounds really good. Well done. We, yeah, we, we thank you. We didn't know that that was going to happen. And funny enough, I, my, my husband's German and he's a critic. Not a real one, but a critic, and that's his nature. So I finally played him the album. Okay. This ages ago when it was done. And uh, he listened all the way through, and I'm waiting for the critic to come. And at the end, he said uh, in his German English, I look for a word. And I said, quality? And he said, yes. And then he said, something you could not have known happened there. And I said, what? He said, the blend of your voices. Yeah. And you cannot manufacture that. I didn't even, to be honest, I don't think Katie did either. Neither of us really heard that because we were too involved in writing it. But now since then, everybody who I talked to has been saying, what a blend. And no, you can't manufacture that. Who knew that was going to happen? Well, like you said a bit earlier, the, the magic of of timing of things, of not knowing maybe that like Katie was a fan, just there is something in, when, when you in the creative songwriting process and working in collaboration, you said something important about trusting things as they come and sometimes you can't manufacture what you want you just have to be open to the road ahead has that been true for you over your career yes that's that's exactly how we got along after the two initial remote songs were done and she sat on my carpet um so that's the first time we're there on the floor talking right you know a little bit tentative we're looking at each other you know like you do and what what you got you know what have, what, have, what have you brought to the party that's the old yeah. thing what have you brought to the party so we started to talk on that first session together and she started, I remember her starting it off. She said, what's the biggest lesson you learned from your, from your youth? And I said, oh, I, I was immediately there. Oh, said, I got it. I got it. I said, I'll never forget it. I said, um, I was at a pajama party. I was about 11, all girls, of course. And um, I decided at about midnight, because we were all up talking and watching scary movies like you do, eating popcorn. And I said, I decided that it would be a lot of fun to have a truth game. Okay. And... So she's listening. Yeah. And I said, then all of a sudden, I thought it would be fun to go back a little bit, talk to the next one. I think this about you, not nasty, but it turned nasty. Okay. It turned nasty. So we came up with truth as my weapon. And that was our first song we wrote. And it came out of this discussion. And yeah. my son who happened to be at the house. It was wait, it's a long house I live in. He came running in from the kitchen making tea, running into the front room when he said, What's that? Oh, and we said it's a song I just wrote. He said, "Oh my God!" So right away there was something happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something happening. And one more little story I'll tell you it was for a good kind of hot. Okay, Overload was the first thing we did together. After we met, she said, 
I want to move out of my comfort zone. Can I send you a riff? And can we write a song? I said, sure. So she sent me Overload and I put what I thought on it. And I sent it back for her input. And then she wrote to me and she said, you finished it. I said, no, no, it's my input. She said, no, you finished it and it's perfect. And I went, oh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. So the next one came me via going to her called uh, Good Kind of Hot. And so this wouldn't happen again. I wrote the chorus and left the verse open. So when we sat down to write that one, I said, okay, here's what we got. Now we go from here. So she started to do the verse. And I, this was a moment of songwriting. And um, I said, oh, I, we needed a line. And I said, uh, take me to the edge of pleasure. And she went, oh, this thing is too big to measure. And I went, KT. I said, KT, usually if I write with somebody, they have to catch up. Because I'm just happened to, I have a quick mind. Not that I'm extremely clever. I just have a quick brain and it gets, yeah. and she went, me too. So we write the same. We're in the moment, like, boom, boom, like that, boom, boom, boom. So fantastic. Just fantastic. That's, that's absolutely incredible. And, you know, do you find, is this quite a unique collaboration then you find, you find from, I mean, you've collaborated quite a bit, haven't you, over the years, but this feels like a unique, unique one. Um, I, I used to write with my with my ex who was my guitar player, so I collaborated that way. I wrote with my sisters in the early days in the band. Yeah. These last two albums I did with my son, writing great. together. Yeah, great. oh yeah, such good albums. Yeah, he put a whole different twist on everything. He just yeah. he woke me back up again. Um, this one is a meeting of souls. Yeah. Oh, I just said it. Yeah, she it the, she's the first uh, woman you've co-written with. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh no, no, no! I had another partner. I'm sorry. I wrote quite a few songs with uh, with another girl, Rhiannon Wolf, okay. uh, and uh, there's been some on albums and stuff. But this is the first time I've worked with another artist who's known. Yes, sure. sure. And sat down with her, and both in our you know successful in our own right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sat down with her, and um, yeah, we're soulmates. I think we are probably soulmates. Yeah. That's so beautiful. What What if anything? Um, you know, I'm a songwriter too. So when we work with other writers, there's always something I find that you kind of get from somebody or learn from somebody so what was it about katie's writing you love and if anything what did you learn from her as a writer um gosh we we just trade so much let me think what it is about i like that she's quick i like that she i got it i can be fooling something i was fooling something on the piano she was in making something to eat and she heard me down the other end of the house fooling something on the piano with a bit of lyric from one of my poems called Scars. And I was fiddling around on the piano and she came down and she went, sit down. We sat on the ground. She said, okay. And she had her guitar out and played her version of what she heard me play on the piano. She's good at picking the bones out of something and turning it into a song. Nice. I can give her line or this or that you know and she she knows what's going to work i don't know what she would say about me she'd have her own opinions of what it was like writing with me i don't know but um yeah we respect each other we trust each other that's the most important thing and we weren't afraid to expose yeah that's so when you mentioned that a bit earlier on about the uh, the exposing so the themes of this album then um obviously you're both exposing as you said uh, on the track before, but what what are the kind of are there any kind of other themes running through these songs? And if so, what are they? Do you think? What what what? I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. Uh, what what are the themes of the songs of this album? Are there any strong oh, right. strong the themes? themes? Oh, the themes are 
they were all serious except for ladies room, which is actually very cleverly constructed. Um, we were having a laugh on that one. I said, everything happens in the ladies room. She says, it does. So <laughs> I said, there's always a sign in there about Mary, call Mary for, you know, she said, well, let's put it in there. Um, we, we had the process where we would discuss who knows what we just sit down for a day of writing and we start talking about something, something would grab hold. And as as the discussion was going deeper and deeper, all of a sudden the song just flew out. We mm. went, oh, like shine a light. Yeah. Um, we were outside for this instead of on my carpet because it was a sunny day. And I always, I remember this moment because it was pretty special. It was quite near the ending of our songwriting for this, for this, sorry, for this particular album. Um, and I was talking about something that's very dear to me and my mantra, my personal mantra. And when I got made honorary doctor of music at Cambridge University, I had my speech ready. I'm up there in a cap and a gown, unbelievable. I didn't even graduate high school. Um, so I'm up there in a cap and a gown, ready to make my speech, which I had prepared. And me being me, I threw it off the table. Nice. And I went, right, let's do this off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And I found myself saying that it doesn't matter your age, your color, your sex, your religion, nothing matters but one thing in this life. You all have a light. So you got to go inside, find that light, turn it on, and let nobody ever switch it off. Shine a light on you. And she went, oh, and I went, oh, and we went, yeah, yes. And then we then, to add to that, before we started to write that song, we started to talk about um, how when you become famous, people are looking to you to see if you've changed. Okay. But actually you haven't. No. They have yeah they've changed in their attitude towards you and this is what we discussed at length and i i said to her i hate that hate that comment that i'm lucky and that's in there you can hear me i said don't call it luck because it constitutes i said this to her it constitutes that you didn't have talent that you got lucky and that really annoys me because yeah. i don't care how lucky you are without talent you ain't going to make it Absolutely. so this all got put into the song that's why it's such a powerful song and the, the opening line, the opening line to me sets it up. My attitude to life. Opportunity knocked on my door. I chose to let it in. It's, you such, know, it's beautiful. Do you know how important that is that you chose to let it in. Good point. Good point. Because you can choose to ignore it or choose to not see it. So that's you can't do. And you get point. people, yeah, you get people saying that, oh, I never had your lucky thing. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, you know, and, and there's always going to be a moment where opportunity knocks on somebody's door and maybe you just, you just didn't hear it. Yes. Or, or, or the other flip side of that is some people are afraid of success. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Afraid of rejection, afraid of success, afraid of maybe doing the work, afraid of putting yourself out there. That's it's very true, actually. Yeah, it is true. Some people are comfortable staying asleep and playing the victim in their life, and that's a shame. And, and maybe that's their particular light in actual fact. You see how I am. I get deep into these subjects. No, but it's great because that's, that's, you know, that's, uh, I think that's what we do in our own heads as songwriters anyway, don't we? So if we're working with yes. someone else, that's the process. That's what happens. That's the process, yeah. So do you find um, when you're writing on your own, the songs arrive very quickly in a similar way? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the kind to write fiction as such. I might write a fun song, but not fiction. I try to only write about what I know. Yeah. Um, I'm very, 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 very <laughs> emotional. Yeah. I am. Uh, I cry easy. 
I hurt easy, but the other side of that is I'm able to walk right into the fire, let it burn me and go out the other side. So that's where my strength comes. I don't stop myself feeling. And people sometimes say, oh, toughen up and toughen up. And I think, no, because if I did toughen up and I turned a cold shoulder on my feelings, there's a good line, um, I would not be the artist I am. Yeah, yeah. And you have to keep that open. I have, I do write poetry. I've got two poetry books that I'm working on the third. So that's very closely related with lyric writing and all that. And I find that I, I get inspiration everywhere. You often will see me at a restaurant in the middle of dinner, I've said maybe three times during this interview, things I wished I'd written down. So I'm always, my antenna is always open. Let's put it that way. And I'm always creating. It's just the way I am wired, you know? Yeah, I'm the same. I feel exactly the same. And do, do you, I mean, my personal belief is like, if you like, there's a kind of creative realm, a muse, whether you call it God or whatever. I sort of believe, and I've spoken to lots of songwriters on this podcast who believe there's some kind of unknown thing that you're working with, which sure. might, which might cause the news. Do you feel the same? That is a no-brainer. Yeah, that's that's a no-brainer. Um, if you know you're a songwriter yourself, I many 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 you call on that you call on that energy. Actually, many times you sit and I'll be at the piano. I do a lot of my writing at piano because I play classical piano, and I'll be going looking for the looking for the line. Then all of a sudden, bing, and I'll go, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> you, there is. It's like it it gets plucked out of there. I can give you a good example. On my last album that I did with my son, which was very successful, both albums were The Devil in Me, um, there's a song on there called My Heart and Soul I Need You Home for Christmas. It was released for Christmas time, but the beautiful video. I was sitting on the patio working on songs. I had built a demo studio, thank God, because the pandemic was on. So Richard was out working with machines, which I prefer to work. I'm, I'm old school. So he had left the door open. This is songwriting at its best. He'd left the door open. And out came this track with a bass, a drum beat, a little bass line, and a guitar part. And I went, I, I, I did big eyes. It's like somebody shot an arrow in my heart. Nice. And I was really stunned. I went, and my songwriter in me knew better. And it said, don't think. Don't engage your brain. Whatever's happening is happening in your heart. Don't think. So I didn't think. I just got up like a zombie. And I walked into the studio. He said, what are you doing? I said, what were you playing? He said, just something. I said, don't, don't ask, don't talk. I said, give me the headphones. Give me the mic, put it on. And without engaging my brain, I sang the first four lines of the song in a voice I'd never used before. Wow. How cool. What a moment. We stopped the tape and I went, it's like it was already there. Yeah. All yeah. I did was read the music. You know, fantastic. That that was magical. I love th things like that when they happen. It's spooky and beautiful, and it's like it's what what I think keeps us all so intrigued and committed to being songwriters because those moments of magic are just completely brilliant, aren't they? And again, how so, about creativity knocked on my door and I chose to let it in? <laughs> yeah, that's true. But also, like the weird thing I like about that story is you had the um, experience or the kind of wisdom to go, don't get in the way. Just I think it's experience. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you can overthink something. And when something hits you like that, there, there is no brain needed because mm -hmm. it's just all feeling. And yeah. didn't even these words that came out, I'm going, where did they come from? Coming down from, yeah. yeah. Yeah, coming down again. And I think it awakened in me that particular track. You'll have to listen to it when we're done. Um, the Motown, the Detroit in me, 
because it was a Motani type feel. So everything I'd ever experienced growing up, it just kind of went. And thank God I didn't think that would not have come out had I thought. Yeah. I just got the old musical shiver feeling as you were telling me that story, which is. Uh, yeah, nice. I did too, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have to you have to you have to be aware of these things. You know, they, <laughs> they don't happen by by luck. They happen because it's supposed to keep your ears and your eyes open and your heart open. It's the most important. Keep your heart open. Keep your heart. So that's I was going to ask you actually advice for songwriters. So that is very much that's a good piece of advice. There, keep your heart open. If you, would you have any other elements? Of, <laughs> I'm writing that about? one down. Yeah, keep your heart open. That um, one's written down. Heart open. Yeah. Okay. What other kind of advice would you give a songwriter? Um, go into the moment. Let yourself go into the moment. Don't be afraid to explore your uncomfortable feelings because this makes the best songs pain is the best architect oh get that down <laughs> what a line that is my god what happens see what yeah. happens um, <laughs> wow so you you should let yourself come out because what people relate to when they hear songs is the honesty of it yeah and you can't fake that it's got to come from inside come from inside don't be afraid to expose yourself and songwriting is all about exposure yeah absolutely good songwriting true do you think the um is it what i was going to ask you when was the last time you heard a song uh in the last year or month or week that turned your head and made you think crikey that's a good song it doesn't have to be a modern song or a new songwriter but do you remember hearing a song recently and thinking god that's good i can tell which one it was because it stays in my memory forever it's not that new but it was new enough um i was driving home i remember the moment i was driving home from uh, Rack Studios, and I had Bob Dylan's latest album in the car. Mm. So I'm driving home, and, and To Make You Feel My Love came on, and I went, <gasps> it affected me so much that I pulled over to the side of the road. I must have played it 10 times in a row, and I cried my eyes out. Yeah. Never forget it. And I thought I had discovered the song. I didn't realize that Garth Brooks had had a hit with it. Um, but that is to me, one of the most beautiful songs ever written to make you feel my love. Yeah, and it yeah. really affected me. Yeah. There's me. I, I, I couldn't drive. Yeah. Do you wow. know, it's, it's what I had it the other day was watching Glastonbury and Chrissy Hind pretenders was singing. Um, Stand by you. And I was just, that's a good one. Funny day watching Glastonbury. My God, it just went straight in my chest, opened my heart. Yeah, yeah. My God, how could that, that's so beautiful. The commitment. It is beautiful. Such she's a good friend she's a good friend she was in my documentary i love her dearly she's brilliant i first met her when she was working for nme and she did an interview with me oh wow in the ladies toilet in the ladies toilet on the on the floor because there was no place to go and there was sound check going on we always laughed about that she's a good days. girl she's a good girl yeah, she's a great writer brilliant writer. yeah she is she certainly is um you've been a, a an icon a female icon in the music industry of which the you know the, there's more female icons now but you were but you know you really were an early female icon what's the um experience like as being a female songwriter in a very male-led industry it's changing now i think there's more i mean the, for me the female artists are more interesting but you were a pioneer i think in many ways as a songwriter and as an artist how was that and has that changed music industry's acceptance of female writers there, there is more, more females and more musicians and stuff. I, 
I will take to my grave the fact that I kicked down the door and did something totally different, which I didn't know at the time that I was doing. Um, And in fact, it took the documentary, again, Suzy Q, released in 2019. And I was going to the uh, Regent's Theater for the first premiere in England. And I'd never seen it on the big screen or indeed in front of an audience. So I'm supposed to come up at the end, but I didn't. I snuck in and I watched it. And while I watched it, seeing Katie, Chrissy, Debbie Harry, Cherie Curry, Joan Jett, Lita Ford, uh, Dinita Sparks, Tina Weymouth, at different points coming in and saying, basically, if I paraphrase, we wouldn't have done what we did had Susie not done it first. And I have to be very honest, I did not realize until that point in my career where I saw this film, what I'd done. And that's that's the honest truth of it. I didn't know I was breaking down a door. I was just doing what I had to do as a person. But now I get it. Now I I can't deny it. So now I just humbly say, thank you. And I I always say I kicked down the door because I didn't see the door. But I will I will take that to my grave and I'm proud of that. But I didn't know. I don't pretend mm. to know that I was doing it. You're just following your instincts, following your yes. heart. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I suppose if you knew you were if you were given that order by whoever to go and forge the way forward, it would have been a very a heavy burden to carry. But like like you said, you did you were who you were and did what you did. And I mean it's great. My daughter's 18 years old. And when I told her I was talking to you today, she said, Oh, stumbling in. And and she she knows that track from I think the film Licorice Pizza. So again, it's like a whole new generation of girls. And yeah, there girls. is. And it's my, my audiences are now. I, I get screaming girls in the front. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So, so it's big demographic. I mean, it's yeah. like people 60, 70. I'm seventy three myself. Just turned. I'm sixteen, really. Um, and <laughs> and their kids and their kids and then sometimes youngsters. Yeah. I was looking down at a little like eight-year-old boy sitting wow. on his head shoulders singing the words to my songs. Oh, it's hard to keep concentrating. You just want to go, oh, <laughs> thank fantastic. you. <laughs> so um, who were your songwriting influences growing up? Who, who were the people that made you want to be a songwriter? Um, songwriting influences. Well, Motown, all the Motown songs had a big impact on me because born and raised in Detroit, plus the bass play. Bob Dylan, lyrically, had a big impact on me. Um Otis Redding, big impact. Carol King. Uh, in fact, there's a EP that came out last September called Uncovered. Six of my favorite covers from my youth. And I do a Carol King song on there. James which, Brown. Which, which Carol King song do you do? Do you remember which, which? I did I Feel the Earth Move. Oh, great. Yeah. And in September of this year, there will be a live stream announced at the 100 Club. And it's going to be the only chance, except for Bad Moon Rising, which I put in my show because it's just so Suzy Quattro. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a live stream for you to see these songs by me performed only the one time. Yeah. And that will be announced yeah, for September. Uh, yeah, Carol King was a big influence. Um, God, so many. I can't think of any more right now. Uh, Tom Petty, big, big yeah. fan of his. Yeah, yeah. The way he writes. Fleetwood Mac, of course, who wasn't influenced by them. Great writers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a, a lot of good people. When you came over from the US to England, when, when was that? What in the seventies? In the in the in the seventies, you came over to live in England and uh, October seventy one. Okay, so when when coming from the US to the UK, did you notice a uh, um a sort of difference in songwriting? Did the UK songwriters impact you as a writer then? 
I've often thought about this. Um, Americans have a natural different swing to their music. Okay. That's the only way I can explain it. There's just a swing. There's a, there's, there's a, a it's a certain sound. English have a different sound, not any less important. They have a different sound, almost a little bit more stiff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is their swing. Yeah. You know? So yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to see the difference. Yeah. I mean, I, I can sit comfortably in both things. You know, if you look at something like Ray Davies and stuff, he writes yeah, it totally different than something that like Tom Petty would write. Yeah. Yet they both sit in the same space. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I read something the other day about how. Uh... Oh, one second, damn it! Sorry. That's all. Right. Hello. Right, I've just on with an interview. Am I late for something? Oh, sorry, one sec. All right. Um, when when are you scheduled for? Oh, okay. I've got the list of everything I'm supposed to do. I'm in the middle of another one now. I've got your number on my mobile, so I will call you when I'm done with this one. I'll call you back. All right, no problem. Bye. Sorry, not at all. You're a busy lady. I thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, I read something the other day about how there's a different style of riding a horse between UK and the US, and the US being a bit more relaxed. So, yeah, that just made me think of that in terms of the swing. Yeah, know? it is more laid back. I, I can't, I can't say any, even the even musicians they yeah. play slightly more. I don't know, I'm going to say it this way the English musicians play on the front of the beat, yeah. and the American musicians play on the back of the beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. interesting. And that does has a big impact where you where you are on the beat. Like in my band, I tend to push the beat. My drummer tends to hand back on the beat, and it's the space between. Where yes, the, it is where the sound yes, comes in. You know, that's exactly what it is. In fact, Jamerson, my hero at Motown, and uh, I'm a serious bass player. Have been for many many years. He said about bass, it's not what you play; it's what you don't play. And and he's if if you play something like um, it's a favorite game of mine. How Sweet It Is by Marvin Gaye, okay? And say say to anybody, I'm going to play this, and then I'm going to ask you a question. So you play about 10, 15 seconds. You can try this on somebody. Take it back off and say, now, sing me the bass line. And they'll sing you a bass line that has nothing to do with what they heard. Mm. Because he leaves these big, he's big, and you think he's going, do, 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 do. no, he's not. You're hearing that. That's so it's very I it's a, that, I changed my style because of that when I heard him say that. Right, right, right. I mean, I hear that a lot in R and B and uh, and hip hop and um, Motown. Actually, you're right that you think it's doing something. When you listen, it's like Jesus. That is such a well pieced arrangement, and it's not. It's a bit like Nile Rodgers sometimes when he plays guitar. It's the same thing where you're going that riff I'm hearing. He's not playing all the time. Yeah, he's yeah. like he's hinting at it. You know, so it's, it's almost, the spaces. It's always the spaces. Yeah. I do a. Um, Five and a half minutes solo, which I've always done a bass solo, but I do a long one now that I resurrected Incredible. from 1979 um, that I did in uh, Prague, where they televised the concert. And this particular night, as happens, I nailed it. That's all I can say. You sometimes nail it. And whenever anybody says to me, oh, you didn't play so good, I said, go listen to that. But everybody kept saying to me lately in the past two or three years, why aren't you doing that solo anymore? Because it really is excellent i put it back on the show and it's become everybody's highlight of the show mm -hmm. you have to google it and watch it it's you know, susie quattro vienna 2023 it's glycerine queen stroke bass solo and it's challenging it's not easy and it's exhilarating you're out there you're oh. out there it's exhausting 
You know, that, that's after nearly two hours of playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, playing yeah. bass yeah. is one of the hardest things you can do. And playing bass and singing is definitely one of the hardest things you can do as a performer. It yeah. is your brain is working on different a different stratosphere. So I look forward to checking that out. Let me just ask you a couple more questions because I know you're very busy okay. and thank you for your time. Um, question one, if you could have written any song by anyone else, so if that song had come to you and you had to open your heart and door and live with it in your head. A song by someone else, what song would you have loved to have written? Written? That's a big question. Um, I would say Blowing in the Wind. Yeah, that's a good answer. Because it's it's got every lesson you need to learn about life. Yeah. It makes me cry, that song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the truth of it. Yeah. The truth of it. Beautiful, beautifully written. Absolutely stunning choice. <clears throat> and you're right. And I love it. I mean, for me, like, if you like my religion or my lessons in life have mostly come from songwriters unveiling truth. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's okay. Um, And I must also say the lyric in Shine a Light about uh, words reading different from how they've been written. I can't quite words, 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 are, words are never written how they read. I just need to tell me, do you really want to know the end? <laughs> the so, plot is always thicker than it seems. Yeah. Almost furious masters we must serve, delivering the lives that we deserve within my favorite line. Don't call it luck. That's not its name. <laughs> I, I, you know, sometimes you need to hear a song. Like I needed to hear that verse in the last two days. So thank you for that. It was brilliant. Um, so finally, just to um, finish up, um, and so everyone who's listened to this podcast, as you already heard, Susie's a fabulous lady and she's an amazing songwriter. So please go and check out her new single, Katie Tunstall, Shine a Light. The album Face to Face is coming out very soon on Sun Records and it is a unique and brilliant collaboration. So please go and have a listen and check out all Susie's other songs. Um, I'm just going to ask you, if you're going to introduce yourself and your songwriting to a 16-year-old a, a girl, let's say, what three songs would you um, put forward for her to go and have a listen to? What, 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 like, like three favorite songs? Three of your, three of your favorite songs uh, of mine that I've written. Yeah. Okay. Well, definitely, my heart and soul. I need you on for Christmas. Um. Oh boy, I have to go way, way back to one called Cat Size on the first album, and mm, the Devil in Me. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Susie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, good luck with the album. And uh, I hope to hear many more collaborations with you, Katie, and anyone else. Thank you for thank shining you the lights for all of us for so long. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.